gentlemen, to Maroon and Bold, your home for everything CMU sports related. I'm sports editor Mitch Fies for co-hosting on this week. Thank you all for listening to last week's episode. I know it was a bit rough. I was trying to get my footing, making sure everything was set. But I think now I have a formula set for this. So this week, obviously, we will talk CMU football's loss 2017 to Miami, Ohio with beat writer Christian Boer. That will come at the tail end of the episode. We'll talk about soccer's two big wins over NIU and Western Michigan in overtime and double overtime, respectfully, with Mr. Noah Walbrook. We'll talk CMU volleyball dropping two sets with Western Michigan with Sean Chase to sleep to kick off the show. And also, we will have the Maroon and Bull debut of Miss Ashley Berkness. We're going to come in and talk field hockey, who took two, who went one one over the weekend. Seven of them lost to Longwood on the road, bounce back, get a one nothing win over St. Francis. With 29 seconds remaining, a goal by Rachel Redenberg. And if I said that name wrong, I'm very sorry. But before we get that far, let's talk about what's on the schedule for CMU Sports this week. Let's start first with field hockey. On the road, Friday, 1 p.m. Oh, sorry, Thursday, 1 p.m. I believe it's Thursday. Thursday or Friday. I'm so sorry about this, folks. And Miami of Ohio. That's going to be a big Mac game. And then they come back. At home, Sunday at noon against Iowa. Sunday at noon, let's try and pack Christy Freeze Field or Christy Freeze Complex. Let's try, let's try and pack the stadium up. I know it's Iowa. I know it may not be the closest game in the world, but just come out and support CMU, especially field hockey. They, they have a feeling that they can make noise in the MAC this year, and we'll see how this game goes against Miami, see how it goes. Friday, uh, Thursday, CMU soccer coming off two big overtime wins. They're hosting Akron at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Again, let's try and pack that CMU soccer complex. It's a fun time in there, let me tell you. I got to go to one game against Michigan State. The stands were packed. The crowd was electric. It's a fun time watching CMU soccer again. 7 p.m. Thursday, home against Akron. Come out and support the Chippewa soccer team. Then on Sunday at noon, they make the long and winding travel to play at Buffalo Take on the Bulls at noon. Buffalo looking like maybe top of the class of the MAC. Let's see how CMU hangs in there. For volleyball, it's back on the road. Grueling little road stretch here. Friday at 3 p.m. at Kent State to take on the Golden Flashes. Sean Chase again will break down both these games for us. But then after that, it's a quick turnaround to travel down to Athens, Ohio to take on the Bobcats and University of Ohio set for Saturday at 2 p.m. So again, two road games. Friday at 3 p.m. at Kent State. And Saturday at 2 p.m. against Ohio. Really, really hoping to get two wins because don't forget with CMU Volleyball, winners get sprinkles. Winners get sprinkles, if you know what I mean. Hey, big shout-out to you. Uh, CMU Club Hockey is off. Uh, hopefully in a couple weeks we will get CMU Life staff reporter, Mega Youngblood, probably the coolest name maybe in CMU Life sports history with Youngblood, especially covering hockey, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean, big time. They're off. They got a couple big wins against Davenport this past week. And then CMU football at Ohio, 3.30 kickoff on Saturday. That's going to be a big one for the Chippewas coming up a 28-17 loss. Man, if you're CMU, you want a hard start, start off hot. If I can talk and say my words today, holy smokes. <laughs> but be following. But right now, let's, let's talk a little volleyball. Let's go let's cut right now to our volleyball talk with Mr. Sean Chase. You know, I gotta say, Sean, it's a lot better talking to you face-to-face instead of resuming with so many wonky internet issues, but uh, it's good to have money to talk with Mr. Sean Chase, uh, staff reporter here at Central Michigan Life, who's also the beat writer for CMU Volleyball. And Sean, 
We walked in the Western thinking, you know, maybe we get a split. By the time it's all said and done, they went one set in two games. What happened? Well, first, I think I've messed it up because I had a headline in my mind. Like, down goes Western. They went into the weekend 10 and 4, 4 and or, yeah, 4 and 0 oh in the conference, which had I known that previously, I wouldn't have been so high on CMU. But they fought their butts off. They went in there. They had some problems in the first game with the Techs. Savannah Thompson struggled. We haven't seen that all year. But game two, things turned around big time. Savannah Thompson put up 16 kills and 26 digs, which, as I said in my article, she was everywhere. Coach Golick even mentioned it. Like, she has, she struggled in that first game, came back and gave them everything that they had, which it was good to see. Rosario Martinez, also, that was another point Golick brought up to me Friday night. They want to start getting their middles more involved. She had 13 kills, 429 hitting percentage. That's exactly what you want to see. And the other thing he really touched on was setting. Cameron Olsen and Grace Butler didn't have the best night Friday night. Olsen finished with 18 assists. Butler finished with 14. It's a little bit below what we expect from them normally. They're normally in the 20s at least. Saturday night, Olsen gives you 26 and Butler gives you 22. And they they had Western on the ropes the first two sets. Set three slipped away a little bit and they got as the worst loss they took all weekend. But I was impressed overall with their fight. So now we're out of these Western losses. It's now six out of eight they have lost now. Yes, sir. Um, I, it seems like we've I've seen this team so far in my time at CMU. It seems to get in this weird stretch where like they struggle like this. What do you think is the root cause of this? And is it just because they're missing Manny Whitfield that much? Or just like, what's going on right now with this team? Manny Whitfield has been a conversation topic for me and Coach Gull a couple times. And he constantly says, we're not, we are missing her, but it's not that big of a problem. He thinks that they're losing their focus a little bit in sets when they get a long run, and then they let the teams back into it. There was multiple times where they could have closed Western out and put their name on top. Well, not at the top of the MAC, but at least, hey, we're here to play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it seems like they're just having – they're letting balls get in between them because they're trying to run new formations. But once they get that down, I think they're going to be back into the winning mode. So. Gotcha. And obviously this next weekend – she has to present herself. Two more real matches before you come back home. Yes, sir. Uh, kind of some trips, though. At Kent State, at Ohio. First things first, talk to me about the Golden Flashes. What challenges do they present to CMU? They're very good around the net, but their record does not show it. They played Toledo last weekend. I got to watch a little bit of that game. They gave Toledo a run, and then Toledo just started slamming it on them. This weekend for CMU is going to be time to prove it. Like, they're Ohio's 1-14. Like, it's time to... Let's roll, you know what I mean? So, Gotcha. So, because you mentioned how it was 114. Besides that, though, you're walking into Athens. That's not a fun bus ride to take. True. The, 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 what, what team is going to feel like this weekend? But just, you, you, have, you mentioned it's a weekend to prove it, and you have these road trips. Like, is it really a 100% chance for them to really prove it? I'll give you that because they are back-to-back. And like I mentioned to Coach Gall, like you're, going, you're staying on the road, but you're going a little further this week. You're going to stay in Ohio for two days. Hopefully they have good lodging, they get good sleep, because I'm looking to see them sweep both of these teams. These are the two teams that we should beat them. We need to beat them to prove, hey, we're going after the MAC championship. So. Any last thoughts about CMU volleyball before we sign up for this week, Sean? It will turn around. This is not how it's going to stay, I guarantee that. So. 
All right, you heard it first. You heard it here to hear it first, folks. Sean Chase is guaranteeing to see me valuable turn around. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Let's hope he's right. I think he's gonna be right. But hey, Sean. But right. uh, Sean, thank you so much for joining us, my man. Enjoy your week. Thank you. Big thank you to Sean for coming in on a Monday. Now, in the meantime, let's talk some soccer. Obviously, we mentioned just at the top of the show, two big wins. They're hosting Akron at 7 p.m. on Thursday, then traveling to Buffalo at noon on Sunday. Let's talk now about some soccer. Joining me now to talk some CMU women's soccer. You know exactly who he is, folks. It's staff reporter and CMU soccer beat writer, Mr. Noah Wilbrook. Noah, happy Monday. Your team went 2-0 this weekend. How are we feeling? Oh, we're feeling great. Two overtime wins, one against Western. Cannot be happier. Oh, man. I mean, look, anytime, anytime you can be Western or anything, football, uh, soccer, baseball, tiddlywinks, minesweeper. Anytime Central beats Western, it's a great weekend. But before we get to that, let's go to Thursday night's game at, against NIU. one nothing nail-biting overtime finish for the home crowd. First of all, Tell me about that crowd and then talk about the game and everything that got set up to win in overtime. Yeah, it was, uh, the crowd was actually really lively. There was quite a few students, there were a lot of parents, not a lot of NIU fans, I will say that. So it was, I will say it was definitely a biased crowd. But yeah, the crowd energy there was great. Uh, when we finally did score that amazing goal to win the game, it was electric. Uh, but I mean, it was a, it was a pretty tough matchup. We, uh, we scored obviously and won the game but uh we had some tough matchups on the offensive side they had uh uh one one girl um oh, what's her name holly i think on niu and she was i think she was listed at 5'11 and she was facing uh maria kelschuk the whole game and it was it was a tough matchup but uh she was one of the top like scorers in the max so we uh we slid that way there with the win that very easily could have been the other way. Right on the Sunday's game, I saw actually the highlight on Twitter. Jeremy Groves posted on his social media. Coming down the left side of the field, starting to perfectly header. Boom! Down goes Western. Everybody in Malpas is happy. Everybody in Kalamazoo is crying. They start worried about soccer. But talk about that game, too. Like Another nail-biter. Another tough game, but... This team keeps finding a way to win close games. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been one of the keys to uh, their success this year for sure. Because I mean, they're all, they've all been one score games every single one they've played. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot more back and forth for sure. Western I think is uh, definitely not as good as Central this year when it comes to soccer. But because it is that rivalry game, both teams it's a totally different atmosphere. So they're playing just to get that W no matter what but it was uh it was it was pretty good one the definitely second half the Chippewas really picked up the pace uh start off the game they weren't as aggressive on the offensive end but once it once it really started kicking up and getting into overtimes they really just started outplaying Western and the result was the win when I talked to Jeremy Groves after the Michigan State game this season the one game I got to cover uh Groves kind of mentioned this team's kind of taking like a physical, like in-your-face approach. That's the identity they've taken. Do you feel they've so far become a fit into the identity so far this season? Yeah, yeah, they definitely have. I mean, definitely the the foul count is up there. Um, we've gotten a few games where we've gotten a couple of yellow cards and stuff like that, but it's not a uh, harmful physical game. It's an intensity thing, and I think it's really working for this team. 
right on. So we go looking at this week's schedule. Home against Akron, and then you make you take the longest trip in the MAC to go to Buffalo. But let's talk about the Akron game first. Another home game. What's this going to report on Akron coming in this game? Yeah, so Akron is they are. I think they're they got two wins on the season. They're on a five game losing streak. Um, they haven't really had too much to write home about this year, so this should be for the Chippewas a home game. This should definitely be a game to look for to win. I think if if they they kind of need to win this one to prove to not only the players and the coaches but also to us that they can be a mat contender this year and a game like this should be an easy win. So what you're saying is this is, this is a game that CMU should win yeah. essentially. So it's just yeah. one of those games coming in. It's a bit, it's kind of a proven game really. Yeah. Right on. And then after that you bounce back. It's a longer drive because I don't think I don't think you can't get this state of the world right now. You can't cut through Canada to make the drive shorter. Mm-hmm. So you got to wrap around about eight hour trip to get to Buffalo. What's the scouting report on the Bulls and that big stadium and that long of a drive? Yeah, well they uh, the, the Bulls are playing very well this year. They're eight two and one. Uh, they got two wins in a row coming into or as of right now, they have they're on a two game win streak. But that's going to be a tough game uh, when it comes to shots, four, and goals. Uh, Buffalo is leading in both those categories. It's going to be a it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, if they can get the win against Akron, and then go away to uh, Buffalo and get another win, that would be that really really make a statement. But it's going to be probably their toughest matchup of the year, excluding Michigan and. Michigan State. Right on. So Central Michigan could get a win at Akron and potentially win at Buffalo if they do what? So what they need to do against Buffalo is they really need to push on the aggressive side of the offense. Because we've seen great defensive play. Allison LaPointe has been holding it down in goal. She's got nine goals against in in ten games, five shutouts. She's having a really good season. And with the back two and the Logue sisters and Riley Mann and Kalschuk back there, they got a really good defensive four and a really good goalkeeper. Defense, I don't think, is the issue. I think they really need to push the pace on offense because, like we've said, they've won by one goal in all their wins and they lost by one goal in all their losses. So a lot of zero to one games, two to one games. They need to... uh, they really need to push the pace against Buffalo to get that win on the offensive end because one goal I don't think is going to do it. So you mentioned the defense goaltending set, but forward-wise and midfielder-wise, like who's a player or two that could like that you feel that if they can fly somehow under the radar and have some good good weekend this week, who can be someone that can put up some offense for her? I think uh, Samantha K. Toro. Uh, the last couple of games, she's proved that she can be a spark plug for the offense, really push the pace because she's a very quick player. And I think uh, her and Gael Wells also just being quick like that, especially against a team like Buffalo, who's, you know, they're going to be probably one of the best teams in the MAC this year. They're going to need some pace. They're going to be a little bigger. You need to find some ways to get around them. And I think those two players could really be spark plugs, either starting or off the bench, as well as Jalen Dobrowolski has had a really good season, I think four assists so far. And uh, she's, she, she has really good control when she gets down the field. Um, I would look for some of those players like that to be a factor if they want to compete against Buffalo. 
Anything else you want to get out of Chris about this team before we sign off? Uh, congrats on the two wins in a row, beating Western and taking down NIU. I think uh, this will be a good game against Akron, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this Buffalo game and seeing how the Chippewas perform. You know, before we sign off, i got to point out, I should have been in that game on Thursday against NIU because one of my really good friends who went here is a grad school. He's now he's now actually an, an athletic trainer with NIU, and I totally forgot to stop and say hello to him. I am kicking myself in the oh, rear. So, man. Matt Pollock, if you're listening, my man, I'm so sorry. I'm hoping football season comes around and we catch up. But, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Noah Wolbrook joining us to talk soccer. Noah, thank you for your time. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, and uh, have fun these the next few games. All right, thank you, Mitch. Big shout-out there to Mr. Noah Wolbrook coming in, talking some soccer. He's been doing a real good job covering uh, taking some big steps this semester. Proud of the work he's done. But now let's get to uh, let's get to a new reporter. Let's talk. Let's talk with the debut of Miss Ashley Burkness and talk some CMU field hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me now, making her maroon and gold debut, staff reporter and CM Life field hockey reporter, Miss Ashley Burkness. Ashley. Welcome to the show. Happy Monday. How are we doing today? Doing pretty good. Good. Glad to hear. So, you know, I've had about a week or two to get familiar with field hockey. At least I hope that was enough time. Um, talk about last week's game. First of all, Friday last week, 7 nothing loss to Longwood. All of a sudden, the last minute, Rachel Vredenberg gets one in. 20 seconds left to play. Knock off St. Francis, one nothing. Just talk about this weekend, about this team, and, like, what led to, like, such an ugly loss Friday, but yet just a gutsy, big win the country around make on Sunday. Yeah, it was crazy. On Friday, they came out, and they just weren't there from start to finish. Um, defense was was struggling, playing together. They played individual, and that's not going to work for a win. And then they had a short turnaround um, for the next day on Sunday, and it was like a different team. They defense was good. They played together. So yeah. Gotcha. What do you think? Kind of like, what just like finally like clicked with this team to have like just that drastic of a turnaround just that forty eight hour stretch. I think the realization of how working together works, because they worked together when they played Kent and that had an amazing outcome, and then when they played Longwood. Something wasn't right, and then they realized, I think they realized that we need to work together to, to win. So. Easy enough. And then right now the 3-7 and seven overall, 1-2 and two in the MAC. If you look at this weekend slate, Friday at Miami. Miami's kind of been a beast to deal with in the MAC, And then Sunday home against Iowa, a non-conference game, but still a big uphill mountain to climb. But let's talk about Friday first with Miami. What do you expect out of this game? I'm hoping coming off like this win they just had on Sunday, they will have some good momentum going into playing Miami, which will help them. And then when they play Iowa, that's going to be a tough game for sure. But hopefully we get the win on Friday, and that'll just be icing on the cake, and they'll be ready for Sunday. Right on, right on. So... For the fans that are not really familiar with the team, like who are a couple players right now, at least through your eyes, that you feel are standing out right now with this team? Um, Buffington and Maxim. She's been really strong in the net. Right on. And then uh, any last things you want to get out of your chest about this team before we sign you off for your debut? Um, go out and support them. Fans help. 
it helps when people go out and watch them. So go out and watch them. Absolutely. Of course, always always support CMU Sports. I mean, students, we get it for free. I mean, fans get yeah. it free, too. Again, Sunday, Sunday at noon, home against Iowa. They're, out, they're on the road Friday to take on Miami of Ohio. But, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Much appreciated. Thank you. Big thanks to Ashley for coming on. Uh, doing some really good work. Uh, new hiree. Really glad to see she's really uh, putting some steps in, really putting some hard work in. And uh, good talk with her about some CMU field hockey. But now... Let's finish the show off. Let's talk to my good friend, Mr. Christian Brewer. All right, we're wrapping up episode two of this season so far. And of course, we save football talk for the end here on this show. Joining me now, staff reporter, Central Michigan Football Beat writer, Christian Brewer. Christian, happy Monday. No, it's rainy out, but how are we feeling today? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Glad to hear. So we're talking here, CMU football after last week. Um, 2017 loss, down 14 nothing. Rattle off 17 points, get 14 more. Talk about your thoughts on the game now, though. You've had about 40 hours for this stall to, to digest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it was just that slow start that killed them. I mean, you put together three drives that didn't really go anywhere, and Miami, on their first three drives, they scored two touchdowns. So it was very difficult, you know, kind of playing from behind again. Uh, I, because, you know, as taxing as a comeback like the FIU one was, you kind of use up a little bit of your magic in that case. Um, and, and, and it, you know, you start to find that, that coming from behind all the time is very difficult. So, um, you know, it wasn't, I mean, the, the offense didn't play bad. You know, they, they couldn't run the ball at all. But, but Daniel Richardson picked up the slack with throwing for over 300 yards. Uh, unfortunately, he suffered a shoulder injury. We'll see where that goes. But really, the, the, the main uh, struggle that they had, and it's been this way all year, was the secondary um, too many chunk plays, and, and that, and that's one of the things that made the Mac twenty or the twenty nineteen Mac West Championship team so good. Was towards the end of the year, they just weren't giving up big plays, um, and and right now we're we're in a tough spot. The one thing I noticed now, I think it's the Mac play so far, the past couple of years. The only the only team I feel that actually has the response for seeing this run game has been Miami of Ohio. Yeah. What is it about Miami's run defense that gives seeing you just so many fits? Well, I just think that they're very gap sound. Chuck Martin's a professional. He's a very great coach. Um, and, and he lines those guys up right. You know, he's got a lot of different looks and schemes that make it difficult for CMU to block it. And at the end of the day, I mean, this is an offensive line with a handful of games under their belt. But it's just, you know, it's a, it's a learning process. It's the first game in the MAC. And that's a really tough matchup for Central right off the bat with Miami of Ohio. So. I just think it boils down to, to the Red Hawks being disciplined and being gap sound and, and causing a lot of problems by getting by their blockers. Yeah, so this, this little six this little game, stretch of games here, I believe it is a five-game stretch. Do my math off my head real quick. Three row games. All pretty far trips off a plane to go to LSU. Seven-hour bus ride down to Oxford. Now this week, have a six-hour bus ride going down to Athens, Ohio to play the Bobcats, come up a win against Akron. What's it going to take to get a fast start finally? I mean, I wish I knew, to be honest with you. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I think personally it starts establishing the run game, man. you got to get Lou Nichols going, um, whether that be, you know, traditional handoffs and zones and things like that, or if you try to get him to him out of the backfield maybe on some swing passes or some, some screen passes, just to, just to get that defense a different look. You know what I'm saying? Because when you're lining up four wide and running – you know, one guy's a hook, one guy's a vertical, that kind of thing. It becomes very rep- repetitive. It becomes very traditional. And the defense doesn't have to do anything to change to stop it. 
They just have to cover their guys. So you need to be able to run the ball, and you need to be able to have like a diverse package, you know, runs, screen passes, that sort of thing, to get Lou Nichols the ball and give that defense something to adjust to. Right, and then you mentioned earlier, senior secondary, just what's going on with it? Who are some kind of names that have been trying to fill a role since uh, Deshaun McNary went out with an ankle injury? Yeah, McNary went out. Uh, Dante Kent, I thought, actually had one of his better games of the season uh, this past uh, weekend. You know, obviously, I think part of it was because he wasn't the uh, the guy out there everyone was looking at. I mean, what was it, the first pass of the game? Rolly and Sturkey started that corner on the other side, and they went right after him, and I think – Richard Bowens was his backup, and he gave up, I think, seven completions on ten passes for almost 200 yards of that touchdown. So they got to get that figured out. I thought we'd see more of Day-Day Hill. Um, you know, watching the game, it didn't look like he got in. I know Pro Football Focus didn't have him uh, playing. Um, so I guess we'll just see with him. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, I mean, maybe true freshman Elijah Ricard. Um you know, I'm one of those guys who's been advocating for maybe to slide Alonzo McCoy over there. Um, I know he's more of a stockier built guy, and, and his frame isn't really for running with guys up the sideline, but he's been very good in coverage this year. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, that those are some of the names, and I, I don't really know what else you do if those guys don't work out. So when we went to Mac Media Day back in July, I focused on the West, you focused on the East. You got to talk with Ohio's coaching staff. Yes. Right after Solich had left, retired, Seemingly from out of nowhere because of medical or for health reasons, finally get their first win against Akron. What what challenges does this Ohio team present to CMU on Saturday? Well, they run the ball really well. Demontre Tuggle is a very good running back. He was named Mackey's to Offensive Player of the Week this week. Um, he's he's going to be a problem. I mean, just because they the way they like to use him is very diverse. They can throw him the ball. Um, he's going to be a problem in the return game as well. I believe I believe it was him that had the, the kick return touchdown last year um, when they played at Kelly Shorts. Um, I believe it was him. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be a problem. That's a dude that's probably going to be hovering around first team on Mac. Um, the one area they struggle, though, is in the passing game. Uh, Curtis Rourke has been a little bit banged up. He's the starter, and he's got a really good arm. And then behind him they have Armani Rogers, but he's almost exclusively a run guy. So um, that's kind of where they've run into trouble early on this year was just being one-dimensional. And uh, Central Michigan can make that happen. They have a very good chance of winning this game. So I'll ask you the same question asked with Miami. Central Michigan wins this football game on Saturday against Ohio if they don't give up 200 yards passing. Um, because this is not an Ohio team with a ton of explosive weapons. This is not an Ohio team that's found its identity yet. Therefore, you're going to see a little bit of everything. I think Ohio wants to run the football, but if they can take advantage of the weaknesses in the secondary, Central Michigan's going to be playing from behind again. Um, and, 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 and it's just taxing. Like You, you can't start every game down 14 nothing. So um, with, what, what I need to see from the Chippewas if they're going to win this game is I need to see some development out there in the corners with Dante Kent and whoever they throw out there. Um, and uh, they just got to hold them to under 200 yards passing because, you know, you can get them in the 150, 190 range, but once you kind of get into that 200, it's, it's like, okay, you know, somebody's giving up 100 yards on their side of the field. Like, that just can't happen. So, um, and a lot of that starts with stifling the run game. But, yeah, you can't get beat deep again. You really can't. Uh, we have to ask, ask this last week, too. 
Who's a guy on the senior roster that could end up having a big game for the Chippewas this week? Um, you know, it, it, the cop out answer would be Lou Nichols just because he was he was off had an off game this past week. But I'm gonna go with Remy Simmons. Remy Simmons is a guy who really impressed me um, this past weekend. Remy Simmons, a transfer from Stephen F. Austin, he's a graduate student. Um, I think he had maybe two catches in the first four games, and he had two catches against Miami of Ohio, both of which he ran over a defender. He's a very physical player. I was very impressed with how well he could get open, make guys miss, but then also he wasn't afraid to just drop the truck stick too. So I think that there's there's going to be a look for uh, for him to get the ball a little bit more um, because, I mean, I don't know what it is, but they just haven't really been able to feed Khalil Pippleton like they have in years past. So, um, And he's also been a little bit banged up. He missed some time against um, Miami of Ohio. Uh, not much time. I think it was a series. Um, so we'll just have to see, but I think Simmons is due, man. I think he's... They're going to try and, I think, get more two-slot wide outlooks as opposed to maybe taking Joel Wilson out of the game and then put Simmons and Pimpleton on the field together. I think that makes the offense a little more dynamic. So, uh, yeah, Remy Simmons is a guy that I think uh, Chippewa fans should keep an eye out for. Not to mention, Remy Simmons did have that big touchdown call back of yes, the man downfield. Yes, he did. So I did have a good year with you, Remy Simmons. Any last thoughts before we sign off for this week and ruin a bowl? No, man, I just – what a game, man. What a game. It's going to be a great one, and, and the Chippewas need it. Yes, they do. Um, like Coach Mack said after the game on Saturday, uh, they need to go on a run. It starts all on Sunday. Yep. On Saturday. I'm thinking wrong. League. Wow. Oops. So, Travis Solo, for everybody, everybody that's came on today, including Mr. Christian Brewer, I'm Mitch Fosberg. Chippewa fans, be safe.